Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, today, Melinda and I are going through a few questions, so a bit of a Q&A. People have sent in some questions for us, which is great. It's nice to know that people are listening and um, getting some information and education from this. Um, so hopefully we can answer some questions and help out as well. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the podcast and um, we're really excited to be answering some of the questions from our listeners because obviously um, we're really thankful that you do tune in each week. Um, we just thought when we started this podcast that we'd be chatting to each other but um, apparently there is quite a, a growing group of you out there that do enjoy the content that we share so we do appreciate the feedback. I'd love to, love to keep this um, Q&A going if we can every couple of months or so. So if, if people do have questions, anything about Brisbane, it doesn't worry us. Um, if you want to know, you're looking to move to Brisbane, Brisbane relocate, um, buy your own home, investments, whatever it may be, uh, any questions you've got, feel free to send them in. We'd, we'd love to um, continue on. So let's start with the first one. So thank you to Grace, who is a Brisbane uh, resident. Grace has sent in the following email. Um, Grace has said, first of all, I'd like to say that I am a massive fan of your podcast. Thank you, Grace. <laughs> it is so refreshing to be able to have access to an informed, concise and all-round enjoyable podcast about everything related to the Brisbane property market. Whilst my husband and I are in the early stages of saving for a house deposit, I have found that I've learned so much from listening to your episodes and recommend you guys to everyone who'll listen. So first of all, thank you for the plug. We really appreciate it, Grace. Um, then she goes on to say, you guys are always saying that we are able to submit questions in relation to possible topics for future episodes. And so I did have a few. You always talk about you can change a house, but you cannot change its location. But I was hoping that in some upcoming episodes, you'd be able to discuss entry-level suburbs of Brisbane. I would love some insight into places that we can, uh, that have potential for growth, but are of a more reasonable price, say $500,000 price point. So um, Grace has asked for specific locations here. Um, what we're going to do is answer this questions, uh, answer this question more broadly so that we can help you to understand where you can go to get this information yourself. Yeah, so I do like um, the way that Grace did uh, remember that you can change a house but not its location. That is something we do look at a lot, um, especially coming from a, being a builder. Um, I always look at things and say, look, we could change that. You could Anything's possible with a budget. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do with a small budget or all the way up to renovations. So, um, yeah, look, the best way, obviously, to, to find properties in those areas. Yeah, so I would recommend that you use some of the online resources and a lot of the suburb data will help you with a median value. That's not going to help you as much as going to the sold tab on the realestate.com website. Now, if you're unsure of locations all around Brisbane, just type in Greater Brisbane um, into the search uh, bar for the suburb and that will bring up all properties in that area you can then select the 
uh, product type. So if you're looking for a house or a townhouse, you can select whichever product type you're looking for, and you can set a maximum sale price of that $500,000, Grace, if that's what your um, maximum budget is. And then you can actually see everything that has sold rather than what's actually being listed and rather than a median value, because sometimes those median values can be a little bit misleading. And getting an understanding of what has actually sold is going to give you the best and most accurate um, information in terms of what you can afford in what locations around Greater Brisbane. Yeah, that just keep in mind as well, current conditions in the, in the Brisbane property market, um, those prices are moving up. Um, so just be aware of what um, those sailed, the sold signs are. Um, that's obviously what it's gone through previously, probably within the last 30, 60 days, depending on the settlement side of things. Um, the other thing to keep in mind when you're talking that price point, Grace, something to remember, I always say this to people, I actually had a conversation with someone today about it. When you're buying something at a lower price point, just be aware of maintenance because I always keep talking about this. When you buy something cheaper, more than likely, especially if it's an investment property, um, you'll probably put your hand in your pocket and you'll be paying out for maintenance all the time. That digs into that cash flow and, and your yield side of things so it can affect everything. So pay a little bit more, get something a bit better condition or do a bit of work on it to make it uh, a lot better. You'll get probably more rent on it, better tenant um, and less hassles as well. And of course, Grace was um, finding out locations because this is a home that they're looking to purchase. But um, she did also mention the potential for growth as well. Now, remember, capital growth will come from um, an environment where supply is tight or limited and demand is high. So there's a couple of ways you can measure supply. You can look at building approvals and understand what new uh, builds are coming to the area. And you can also look at the availability of land. And a very easy way to do this is have a have a look at Google Maps, have a look at the satellite imagery and zoom in on the locations that you're considering. If you can see a lot of green land and subdivisions happening, that is future supply and therefore that may soften the capital growth opportunity. So there's some tips there and um, hopefully, Grace, that will help you along the way. And as Scott said, just keep in mind we are in a rapidly appreciating market here in Brisbane. So you do need to be understanding what's selling in the last two to three weeks, really more so than the last two to three months to get a real picture of what the current values are. But that sold tab will be a good starting point. I guess another way to look at demand is to go to some open homes as well. See how many people are looking. Um, if you're uh, if you're the only one there, uh, I'd probably ask questions at the moment. But if there's 50, 60 or more groups, um, that's obviously the demand in the area. So, um, so the next one? Yeah, I've actually got another... Um, someone else from Brisbane, Angela. Um, Angela has said, I've seen some properties built in under advertised as three bedroom properties, but there is a fourth or a fifth bedroom downstairs as well. I'm so confused why this happens. Can you shed some light on this for me, please? Yeah, definitely. So when we go and inspect properties, um, you'll find a lot of properties, especially probably in Queensland, especially the Queenslanders, um, the older style, they were built up on the stilts, uh, on stumps. Um, designed to let a lot of airflow go underneath and try and keep the place a bit cooler. Um, people then tend to build in underneath um, and obviously make it into rooms um, that they can try and use for accommodation. Um, we, When we go and inspect them, we check all those heights. We use a just a, a simple laser, which you can buy from Bunnings, um, put them on the floor, get the height of the ceiling. A habitable space as it's classed in the building code um, needs to be 2.4 from the finished floor 
so if it's got carpet or tiles or whatever's on the floor, to uh, the ceiling finished height. Now that doesn't, you don't have to worry about the beams. So if there's beams in underneath, that's okay. They can be uh, underneath that, that 2.4, but to be a habitable space, it needs to be 2.4 clear. Bathrooms, um, wet areas are not classed as habitable spaces. Hallways, so there's areas that you don't live in as such, um, but other areas need to be classed as habitable spaces. Yeah, and I think um, it can be a bit confusing when a property is advertised one way and then when you turn up to an inspection, you can see that certain spaces are set up as living areas or as bedrooms and you just need to be mindful um, that, you know, the spaces can be used as you please when you are an owner-occupier. As an investor, you need to be very careful with how you're advertising those areas when you are advertising for rent and we did cover that in a previous um, episode that you can you know, head back to and get some more information. I'll get that episode um, number for you shortly. Yeah, so there's there's things you can do about those. So, yeah, obviously non-habitable, um, you can't live in there. You can use them for multi-purpose storage areas um, and then use them however you please. Um, but, yeah, not advertising as a bedroom, um, uh, as all those types of areas. Sometimes if people advertise it that way, I'd probably ask if there's an approval and if you can see a copy of the approval. Uh, if not, then you can go down the path of looking to get it approved. But again, it, that needs to be done with the certifier signed off and it needs to comply with the building code with things like natural ventilation and natural light, those types of things as well. Yes. And um, just to touch back on the, the way a property is advertised, sometimes it's actually the reverse and a property might be advertised as a five bedroom property when in actual fact, um, the areas that are set up downstairs as um as bedrooms may not be true habitable spaces. So that is misleading if, if an agent is advertising it that way. And you need to be aware though, because it does come back to you as the buyer to, to double check that sort of information um, before you actually go through with the transaction. So um, hopefully that's sort of helped with that one as well. Yes. And uh, episode 26, if you're wanting to go back and learn a lot more about um, improvements to properties and the legalities around those um, those heights. That's the episode to, to head back to and tune into again. Cool. So our next question. Yeah, um, from Darren, who's based in Melbourne. Uh, Darren says, hi, I started listening to your Brisbane Property Podcast recently and I love them. Uh, we have a couple of investment properties in Victoria and South Australia and I am looking to diversify by buying an investment property in Brisbane in the next couple of months and I have been doing some research. One suburb in particular intrigues me, Rock Lee. It's close to the city, surrounded by great suburbs with high median prices, and you can buy a character house on a large block for $450,000. I know this suburb is a high risk of flood, but I can't understand why this area is so cheap. Being from interstate, I need your advice. I would love to hear a podcast about Rock Lee. Why is it so cheap? And if you believe this area has good long-term growth potential. I appreciate your time and keep up the great work. So would you like me to start here and um, explain Rockley a little bit? Absolutely. So yeah, Rockley is surrounded by some nice areas. Um, the biggest thing probably with Rockley that we can touch on is uh, its flood. That's probably a simple way to put it. Um, pretty much 100% flood um, covers Rockley and it's very, very significant. So quite high levels of flood. Yeah, and um, it is something, Darren, that you pointed out, I think, the, the issue with Rock Lee is that the entire suburb, except for a very, very small little island, is underwater 
um, in in significant flood events. Um, in 2011, not only was it underwater, but there are uh, very high flood levels throughout this suburb. I think the other thing about this suburb is that there is only a very small pocket of the suburb that is uh, zoned for residential use. So the properties that you may be seeing in the, the location of Rock Lee, they're typically um, only three or four streets of the whole suburb. The rest of the suburb is industrial land. So a lot of industry, um, the Rock Lee markets, um, and there's also industrial hazard overlays that you need to be aware of. So what that means is that there may be potential impacts from nearby industrial activity that can impact on the, the residential land as well. So it's not just about the flood, it's also that industrial impact. Um, and then that might give you an understanding of that suburb as a whole. Yeah, so Rock Lee, um, it also adjoins Archerfield. Rock Lee, Archerfield, very industrial. Um, and also there's an Archerfield airport down there. So that area, as Melinda said, a lot of industrial that little island is right on the Ipswich motorway that doesn't get wet. The rest of it, um, look, if you're thinking about Rock Lee, I'd probably buy a paddle um, and put that in with your house as well because it does get wet. But then I think that um, the the issue that some people have is that Brisbane will never flood again. We've had our big flood and that might not happen again. And what do you say to that? So we've actually been asked this one as well. Would people buy in a flood area simply because it's not going to flood again? Actually, we put that on an Instagram story just recently and surprisingly, 15% uh, of our respondents indicated that they would buy in a flood zone as a compromise to get into the suburb that they would prefer to live. So I thought that was an interesting result just 10 years out from the major or the significant flood um, impact that we had from the 2011 floods. Yeah, it was 10, um, 10 years, wasn't it? Back in January. Um, they did say that we'd never flood again. Um, after the 74 floods, uh, they built Wyvernoe Dam, said that um, Brisbane will never flood again. Um, look, 2011, it flooded. Um, so, yeah, we can't say that it won't ever happen again. It, it's, it's nature and those sorts of things do happen and we are on a river. So, Darren, I hope that's answered your question um, in terms of Rock Lee. Probably not something that we'll discuss in an entire podcast episode, but hopefully that's given you enough insight into that location. So moving on to our next one. Uh, we've got another Darren, actually. Darren, uh, also from Melbourne. Um, Darren has said, I have one question. Many of the properties I see for sale in Brisbane are listed as offers above or offers over. Being from Melbourne, we don't have this type of advertising. I am interested to know how does offers over, um, what does it mean? And does it mean offers below this amount are wasting the vendor and the agent's time? Can you offer $1,000 more or realistic, realistically, do homes sell for 5 to 10% over? What does the offers over mean? Oh, I think from my side of it, I think you've got to do your homework, Darren. Um, <laughs> you've really got to understand the surrounding areas, um, previous sales, and, and do a comparative market analysis basically on, on what, we think, what you think value is. Um, if you don't think it's at that value offers over, you, you offer what you think it's worth and try and get engagement from the seller. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, the agents may use that as a form of advertising to get engagement. Now, sometimes, and we see this sometimes on, on listings because we know the market so well, we know that agents will put offers over an amount that is well under what the actual sale price is likely to be. Now, 
in a buyer's market, I can see why they may do this to increase the interest in the property. Um, it is a form of bait advertising. So that is actually illegal under Queensland legislation. So it is important that um, you are aware that sometimes you can be misled by uh, an, a, the way a property is listed. But if it's offers over, um, under Queensland legislation, any offer that is presented to the agent or to the seller in writing uh, needs to be presented. So regardless of whether it is over the amount or under the amount that you um, see the advertisement for, you can you are within your rights to put forward an offer regardless. But as Scott said, looking at the comparative market um, sales, looking at properties that have sold most recently that are a good comparison is going to be the best way to determine value. Don't rely on what a sales agent may put on a listing, especially right now because we're in such a strong seller's market. I would say the majority of properties being listed are being listed without a price because a lot of agents really don't know where the price is going to land. Yeah, and that's what the uh, the buyers will basically um, govern what that's worth as well. So um, another quick one here from Sam in Melbourne. Another um, Melbourne. Yeah. Another Melbourne one. Um, I'm looking to invest in property. Can you tell me why Brisbane presents as a good location for investors right now? Well, look, I'm not in the business of spruiking business, uh, spruiking Brisbane as the best location in Australia. But if you have done your macro analysis and if you, you have decided that Brisbane might be right for you, there's multiple reasons why uh, Brisbane is presenting as an opportunity for investors. Remember, every investor is different. So it's important to get an understanding of the right type of investment strategy for you. So I will say that up front. That said, the reason investors are attracted to Brisbane right now, there's a number of those. Uh, first of all, the yields that we provide are a lot more attractive than other major capitals such as Sydney and Melbourne. We actually also are a much more affordable market. So Typically, with um, those that don't have extremely high budgets to get into the market, they can afford a house on its own block in Brisbane that returns a decent rental uh, yield without actually having to spend more than a million dollars. So interest rates are also at record lows, uh, which is driving that demand. But in terms of the location of Brisbane, we have lifestyle elements that people are attracted to as well. So uh, people find that by living in a location that they're wanting to um, be in and commuting for work off the back of COVID, we've seen some structural changes there um, as well. That's another reason why people are attracted to Brisbane. Um, you know, so there's there's multiple reasons at the moment. Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely there's so many things: the lifestyle, affordability, um, and, and also um, just at, at the demand at the moment it's a good time to be investing in Brisbane really because there's so many people interested in Brisbane that that's actually a positive thing as well. Yes and I think when you look at um, the prices in Brisbane the price disparity between Brisbane and Sydney and also Brisbane and Melbourne um, it's been so wide now for a significant period of time and it's almost time for Brisbane to catch up so people are seeing that value in our market you know, where your money goes in Brisbane, uh, it's a lot further than how far it goes in Sydney and Melbourne. So it's another reason that people are attracted to this area. We've also got an improving economy here in Queensland. So we've seen a, a record improvement in the number of jobs advertised. Our unemployment rate is 
improving. So all of those things lead to more confidence in the market as a whole. So I think there's multiple reasons why people would be looking at Brisbane as the next investment um, location for themselves, Sam. And I hope that's given you some of the broader um, indicators that we would be looking at. Um, I think we've also come off the back of peak sort of building approvals and, and supply in the unit pipeline back in 2016. And we've had a recovery in terms of uh, that market uh, since that that peak. So we've also got this situation where uh, we're in a situation where the number of new dwellings being brought to the market is much, much lower um, than it has been previously. And we've also got very, very tight stock levels in terms of new listings that are being listed on the major real estate portals. So you know, really tight supply, really high demand. Um, we can see in the next few months and potentially years that leading to strong capital growth because ultimately um, that's the, the perfect market for up um, upward pressure on prices. I think it, it, Brisbane also offers a bit of variety, um, so different price points. Um, so if, you, if you're closer to the, the CBD, that 10, 15K, and then if you move out, there's obviously different price points and different opportunity. And it still falls in an area where there's there's infrastructure and there's opportunities for, for future growth in those areas. Um, another question on, if we touch on that infrastructure, um, someone's just asked a, a quick update. Anthony from Sydney has just asked for a quick update on the Brisbane Metro. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Um, this information is available um, online as well. So uh, apparently that Brisbane Metro is currently in the tunnelling phase. They are tunnelling under Adelaide Street as we speak. Um, the depot for 60 fully electric metro vehicles at Rochdale is um, is being prepared as well. Remember, this is a $1.2 billion project where we will have three-minute services during peak hours um, from Eight Mile Plains in the south through to the CBD and from the University of Queensland through to Hurston on the north side of Brisbane. Um, so these services are due to commence late in 2023. So it is underway. Uh, construction is happening. Um, vehicles have been commissioned. So it is exciting to see this happening. Um, I know you didn't ask specifically, but the Cross River Rail is also one of the other major infrastructure projects that is happening and, um, and you know, we're really excited about how quickly that's coming together as well. So, look, that's that's a few questions we've had here today. Um, it's actually, it's good to get those questions and, and hopefully help people understand a little bit more about Brisbane and what's happening. Um, so, look, if you have any more questions, feel free to shoot them into us. We'd love to be able to continue this um, setup of Q&A. Um, I'll let Melinda wrap it up um, from me. Thanks very much for listening and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Yes, it's been fun to answer some of the questions that you have sent in. As Scott said, feel free to continue to send those in, info at streamlineproperty.com.au. Um, we'll try to group the questions together for future episodes as well. I'm Melinda Jennison. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And as always, please share this podcast with your friends and family and leave us a review if you are enjoying the episodes and perhaps those that... Um, you know, we've mentioned or, or answered their questions today, wouldn't mind leaving us a review as a, as a way to say thank you for um, the, the time that we've put into researching those answers. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.